Even the most basic diagnostic tests yield an amount of information that would have been unheard of a generation ago. Keeping track of all that information is a science unto itself. This is Colleen Shaddix for the Yale Office of Public Affairs and Communications, talking with David LaFell. As Deputy Dean for Clinical Affairs, Dr. LaFell has played a major role in transforming the information infrastructure at Yale. Electronic health records. We've heard a lot of predictions that they are going to cut costs, improve care. So far in practice, the results have been somewhat mixed. Where's Yale on implementing an EHR? And tell me a little bit about what lessons are guiding you as you do it. I think it's true and a point of caution that our expectations of the electronic health record need to match what reality can deliver. Mm -hmm. In fact, the School of Medicine uh, has lagged behind some other institutions in implementing an enterprise-wide electronic health record. And as one that always looks for the silver lining, I actually think this is good. Mm -hmm. Because as you suggest, we have an opportunity to learn from the mistakes of others, or rather, I should say, the lessons of others. But more importantly, uh, because we're only now uh, moving forward in an aggressive fashion with implementation of an electronic health record, we can take advantage of the fact that the technology in this area, which is ever-changing, continues to evolve, and we are now jumping into the information technology pool at a time where there's more water and the water is warmer. Mm -hmm. So I think that we uh, think about the electronic health record in a very broad sense, and and the school and the hospital and the health system, I think, have come to think of it uh, more than just a technology to assist in the delivery of medical care. But because we're a leading academic medical center, we view it as an opportunity to capture information about patients and marry it to the vast amount of research information that we have so that we can finally leverage the information that we develop in the care of patients with the information that we develop in the laboratory, ultimately, in essence, the electronic health record Mm -hmm. becomes a tool truly for translational research. How much is all this costing? It's not inexpensive. Uh, The cost of the enterprise electronic health system that the School of Medicine is implementing in partnership with the Yale New Haven Health System is a quarter of a billion dollars. And that's the uh, budgeted estimate. As the technology changes, Mm -hmm. uh, who knows what it's going to cost. And by the way, that just covers the cost of the electronic health record as it relates to patient care. Another huge component of this, which is of special interest uh, to the School of Medicine, is the clinical research components, which we haven't even begun to talk about in earnest, though we've very much included a strategy around those components Mm -hmm. in our planning process, uh, will be uh, a substantial uh, uh, cost as we move forward. So step one, the health record itself, you mentioned it's something you're doing in partnership with the Yale New Haven Health System. 
That's facilities in New Haven, Greenwich, Bridgeport. Your own Yale Medical Group has sites all over the place. For an EHR to be effective, there has to be some level of standardization. So how do you achieve that over those very sites? You know, we talk about the electronic health record, and most of us have in our mind our own familiarity with various software on our home computer. In reality, the electronic health record is going to uh, present for us major challenges, but also major opportunities. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, we'll be implementing the electronic health record, not only with Bridgeport Hospital, Greenwich Hospital, Yale New Haven Hospital, but also with those community physicians in those areas that choose to take advantage of the EPIC product. And I think that therein lies a huge opportunity to enhance the health care that's provided to a broad population and also for the School of Medicine to enhance its research. The uh, uh, strategy uh, for implementation, considering that we have what might appear to be diverse uh, populations, diverse user groups, divergent interests, mm -hmm. a heterogeneous collection of uh, uh, constituents, so to speak, is simply what attracted us to EPIC in the first place, and that is that it's one system for one population for one group of physicians and healthcare providers. Now, the way we address a major concern for us with respect to clinical research and translational research is to ensure that as we build the software, so to speak, uh, for each of the primary care areas and specialty areas, that our clinical researchers are directly involved so that when we fill out the blanks, so to speak, and mm -hmm. build the templates, we are capturing up front the information that we likely will need down the road when we leverage the data in EPIC for our clinical research efforts. So it sounds like it's both an opportunity for clinicians to think hard about their practice and for researchers to think hard about what questions they really need to answer. It is indeed, and uh, they will be thinking hard about these things, not in an isolated uh, vacuum, but rather through communication and discussion about what the optimum range of templates is, the vocabulary, the dictionary that mm -hmm. we need, and frankly, to work with our community physicians who, once they as well are on this system, will be participating in clinical research endeavors as was never possible in the past, should they choose to, of course. So let's move into clinical research and talk about sort of step two, the clinical trials management system. Tell me about that. The clinical trials management system is a software suite that the uh, school and hospital and health system are going to proceed in implementing, which is going to address a lot of the challenges that have evolved over time with clinical trials as the trials themselves have become more complex, mm -hmm. as the regulatory environment has become more complicated, and as the need to track clinical trials on an institutional basis has truly become a fundamental need. So the clinical trials management system will not only assist uh, medical investigators in developing their 
uh, research program around a particular drug or device or, or new therapy, but will help them track all of the different processes that need to take place in parallel, including human subject approval, institutional approvals of a wide range, uh, management of uh, identification and assignment of facilities, medical billing issues that relate to clinical trials are a very major uh, focus of commitment of the School of Medicine, and clinical trials management system will integrate with those functionalities we have already developed in order to ensure compliance with regulations in that area. So in essence, the clinical trials management system should as much as possible function as a one-stop shopping environment for the clinical researcher, for the faculty member who's conducting clinical trials. And then the step beyond that, or perhaps more of a concurrent step, the clinical research data repository. Ah, so this is, for us, the holy grail, the mother load. The in the old days, before fancy equipment, uh, medical research consisted of astute and inquisitive physicians studying tissue under a microscope or in a petri dish and making conclusions based on their observations. Science was largely observational, mm-hmm. and the attempt at hypothesis-driven research really emerged consonant with the development of the technologies that facilitated it. We're now in the 21st century. We have technologies that can map the human genome in a remarkably brief period of time. We have more information about the workings of the cell, about how the cell produces various proteins or doesn't produce various proteins. We understand the immune system and have teased it apart in ways that were unimaginable even five years ago, Mm -hmm. I would say. But what's missing is the link between our ability to extract information, say, from the nucleus of a cell Mm -hmm. and tie it back to what is happening in the patient as a complete phenotypic organism. And therein lies one of the great attractions of the electronic health record. The health record itself really represents the data set that defines the individual in terms of their body chemistry, their radiographic uh, uh, presentation, any of the things that we can document, and including physician observation, which frankly I think, despite all technology, remains extremely important Mm -hmm. input. We finally have a way of taking the patient as defined in the electronic health record and mapping that to data sets that exist uh, across populations, looking at particular gene products or uh, regulatory pathways. And one can imagine a situation in which you had several hundred thousand patients who are followed and cared for uh, through an electronic health record, which, by the Mm -hmm. way, is designed to guarantee all of the privacy protections that not only regulations require, but that physicians would insist on Mm -hmm. as they pursue their clinical research. So it's a given that any of the information technology environments that we're discussing uh, are designed first and foremost to protect the privacy of Mm -hmm. patients. I want to make that clear. But one can imagine 
uh, large amounts of data de-identified, as we say, that could then be married to a population, also de-identified, but uh, selected, for example, based on a certain hypertension profile. Uh, you take a population of patients with high blood pressure, and you're then able to get that data uh, related to a blood enzyme mm-hmm. that was never thought before to be related to hypertension. And now uh, you can look at large populations and study it. You can look at novel discoveries that have developed in the laboratory and identify patient sets that you might want to study. But in order to do all this, you need to be able to take the data from the electronic health record and populate, as we say, a database, mm-hmm. a repository in a way that you can survey it and ask questions. Now, I want to take this opportunity to clarify uh, one point of confusion that I've encountered among our clinical and administrative colleagues. When we talk about a data repository, at least when those of us at the School of Medicine that are focusing on clinical research talk Mm -hmm. about a data repository, we're talking about a data repository that would lend itself to hypothesis-driven research that would lend itself to um, uh, marriage with uh, the uh, laboratory-based research data sets. When electronic health record companies talk about research, very often what they're talking about is going into the database, the clinical database, Mm -hmm. and extracting information for purposes of reporting data to government agencies or others. That's extremely important, and we're delighted that the EPIC product that we are implementing has very powerful tools in that regard. But reporting on quality measures and that sort of thing is very different than the type of clinical data research repository that we're going to have to build so that we can truly leverage the clinical patient population and the bench-to-bedside research that we're so committed to. You're talking about doing real, actual studies where you don't have to go out and recruit a thousand people. You already have a thousand people. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, yeah, it depends on you know the questions you're asking and the the, the study design that's optimum to to answer those questions. But there clearly could be a great deal of research done uh, that's based on existing data. Absolutely. We're talking about the future, but Yale's already made a lot of investment in bioinformatics. Can you talk about some work that's come out of that that you're particularly proud of? Well, I think that the uh, bioinformatics uh, group at Yale is uh, especially well-regarded nationally and internationally in in the field of academic bioinformatics. Uh, The world that I live in is the uh, world of applied Uh, bioinformatics, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, that has been the challenge over the years. And I think uh, we have a way to go to catch up with the accomplishments of our academic bioinformatics team. But we're very fortunate that they are here and have been here for such a long time because we, through the electronic health record, through the clinical research data repository, will have created a whole new playground for them, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will draw on their expertise uh, extensively. We finally have something specific to talk about. And until now, the bioinformatics environment 
in the applied world of patient care at the Yale Medical Center has been largely theoretical. Mm -hmm. That's not the case anymore. So when does the EHR get up and running? We are already beginning to identify teams that we will be sending out to Madison, Wisconsin for their training. Uh, EPIC follows the strategy of training the trainer. Mm -hmm. So we'll be training cohorts of people. And it is interesting and important to point out that as opposed to the way in which things have been done historically, institution by institution, what we are deploying is an EPIC implementation team. It's not a Bridgeport team. It's mm -hmm. not a Yale School of Medicine team. It's not a Greenwich team. It's not a Yale Haven Hospital team. This is a team that will have an identity that is associated with the project and the task of implementing the electronic health record and not an identity where their home institution comes first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be candid, this is going to be culturally challenging for the faculty uh, and it will for our colleagues at our other institutions. But uh, I, uh, I am convinced uh, that as uncomfortable and as unfamiliar as this approach is, that's how important it is to go this route. Because in the electronic or digitized world of healthcare in the future, the identity of the institution is going to matter less than the quality of the information that we have available to us mm -hmm and the ways in which it facilitates our care of patients and research. Thank you. That was David LaFell, Deputy Dean of Clinical Affairs at Yale School of Medicine and CEO of the Yale Medical Group, talking about health technology at Yale.